It was a Tuesday. And a thought dropped in my head. You could take a little bit of that money and go play. It was, it was just a thought. Like you could take a little, go hit a lick, put it right back. It's like borrow. <coughs> Welcome back to the Podcast Movement Sessions Podcast Season 2. I'm your host, Joel Sharpton. Podcast Movement Sessions is all about borrowing the best moments from last year's podcast movement in Chicago and getting to know some of the amazing speakers, podcasters, and personalities that make up this great community. The intro you just heard is a pretty compelling hook from Shannon Kaysen's presentation at Podcast Movement 2016. Shannon is the host of Homemade Stories and one of the most interesting people you'll ever meet. And thankfully, you'll get that chance again this summer as Shannon is one of the returning keynote speakers for Podcast Movement 2017 in Anaheim. This year is one you won't want to miss. We've already announced Dan Carlin from Hardcore History, the team behind the Undisclosed Podcast, representatives from Jacobs Media, Shannon Kaysen, and in the coming weeks, there will be a flood of new and returning speaker announcements. It's great to get the info that these speakers and presenters bring, but one of the cool side effects of attending Podcast Movement is actually meeting and chatting with your podcast heroes, like Bill Nowicki got to do when he introduced Shannon Kaysen at Podcast Movement 2016. Welcome. I'm Bill Nowicki. I'm host of Submarine Sea Stories. Marietta Stories is on the way, but today I'm going to talk about Shannon Kaysen. He's going to present brutally honest storytelling, and I have a brutally honest confession to make. I did the speaker intros for Jared and the, and the group here, and I spent probably 40 hours with spreadsheets and emails and sending emails out and switching people. The only reason I did it is because of Shannon Casing, because I get the intro hit. And when I listened to his podcast, he was on The Moth. He's a Moth Grand Slam winner. He's all these other things, but I was getting groceries in Huntersville, North Carolina. And I listened to his Moth podcast about him and working at the bank at a at a grocery store and it was one of those things where I sat in my car and I listened in the grocery parking lot to Shannon Kaysen and I love the guy I'm proud to call him my friend and I want to introduce my friend and good soon to be your friend Shannon Kaysen when I was young I love playing games. We would uh, flip quarters at the lunch table in high school or pitch them off the wall. Whoever got closest won. When I went to college at Michigan State University, we would uh, shoot dice in one of my friend's dorm rooms. It'd be a bunch of us guys, most of us from Detroit, all in this little room, smoking, drinking, trying to bring the hood to Michigan State University. <laughs> he had this little portable pool table that was perfect for shooting craps. Guys had to have a style to their dice roll. It's like a signature. Some guys listen to him, do a little dance. Me, I'm always just simple and understated. Just click, clack, roll, snap. I loved it. I was a decent student. I loved hip hop and basketball. Gambling was my little secret. I remember once over a summer vacation, 
I would go to Windsor Casino because you could gamble under 21. I'd be 19 years old at the blackjack table with all these grandparents, and I lost all my money. And, and, and my mother asked what happened to my money that summer, and I lied. I told her I, I spent it all hanging out with my friends. I felt bad for losing all that money. Worse for lying to my mom. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy, you know, lying to my mom. That ain't cool. Then I started gambling all the time, especially when Detroit built their own casinos. All these big, bright, huge buildings with flashing lights right in the middle of Detroit. Detroit was sure to become like a top tourist location of the Midwest. Surely, you know. So I graduate from school and I get a job at a bank. It's one of these grocery store bank branches. I managed it. I was, felt kind of good about the job because I'm out of school, I wear a suit to work. You know, the tellers, they had to wear these green polos, but you know, I'm a professional, I wear a suit. By that time, gambling had my checking account overdrawn. I was living with my sister because I couldn't afford my own place. I was eating ramen noodles on a regular basis or casino food because I had more comps than I had cash. At the bank, we kept $20,000 in 20s in the vault for the ATM. And we kept 30,000 in hundreds for customers' checks on Friday. We weren't a busy branch, so the tellers rarely had to buy money from the vault. We didn't even follow the dual vault control procedure because everybody just trusted everybody. It was a Tuesday. And a thought dropped in my head, you could take a little bit of that money and go play. It was, it was just a thought. Like, you could take a little, go hit a lick, put it right back. It's like borrowing. I took the whole $50,000. Now, you can't just fit $50,000 into your slacks pocket. It won't fit. I tried that. <laughs> so I got 10,000 here, 10,000 here, here. I even got a sexy bulge in my underwear. <laughs> I tell the tellers I'm going to lunch. I go to the Motor City Casino in Detroit. It's a short drive. I used to go there for lunch all the time because when I didn't have money, I had comps for the buffet. But this time I got money. I got $50,000 stuffed in every pocket, even in my underwear. I sit down at the blackjack table and I buy in for 20,000 in 20s. My name is Shannon Kaysen. I'm a storyteller. And this is a brutally honest storyteller. Our stories are the quickest and easiest way for people to connect with us. Now, some of you here meeting me for the first time, but through that story, that little three or four minutes and telling that story, you know some, some pretty keen things about me. One of the things, you, you know I enjoy gambling or I'm a gambler in some ways, but what's some other things that, that you know about me from that story? I'm just curious. This, this is a participatory part. My man, go, go green, you're right, yeah, 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 you're right. 
What's some other things? Mama's boy. Yeah, I love my mama. No doubt about that. Bessie Mae Kaysen, I love her. I love it. But our stories are the quickest and easiest way for people to connect and relate and understand us when we tell our stories. And this is a podcaster's conference, especially within our podcast, when we really open up and tell our stories. Your honesty demands reciprocation. It's this, uh, this book I like. I read it a lot, too. It's a book I got from college. It was... Uh, the Psychology of Influence by Robert Caldini, he talked about a rule of reciprocity, is we try to repay in kind what another person has provided. We try to repay in kind what another person has provided. What Shannon provided there is a brutally honest picture of his own life, or at least one incident from it and the sort of compelling storytelling that he's become known for. Shannon didn't always have it easy, and I asked him if he ever dreamed in the middle of moments like that one at the casino that he'd be speaking to hundreds of people at a podcast conference and rubbing elbows with the biggest names in podcasting and public radio. It is going to sound like a humble brag, whatever a humble brag is. I don't even know what that is, but uh, I knew life was more than what was in front of me. I always felt like I was gathering material. I've been in creative stuff for a while, from hip hop to writing, and just a voyeur of all kinds of good stuff. So for me, it came to a point when I said to myself, like, when are you gonna do what you can do, Shannon? You know, I had friends who did stuff in LA and Atlanta, and they would call me when I was working at the plumbing wholesale and they would ask me like, uh, when you go stop working at the plumbing wholesale and create some stuff? I'm serious, they would call me all the time and be like that and finally, I lost the job at the plumbing wholesale and I decided to create some stuff. So I feel like I'm just starting on this exciting journey which is, which is fun to have at this point in my life. We'll get back to Shannon's presentation from 2016 in just a moment. But first, let's revisit the start of this podcast movement journey. We've talked to Jared Easley about the first discussions and planning for a podcaster first conference and community. And we visited with co-founder Dan Franks about the Kickstarter they used to fund the 2014 conference. Were there any magic moments or revelations that came up in that first launch of crowdfunding? I don't think there was any one what you would call a traditional aha moment during the setup at least. It really was just a slow build of, well, I guess you would call it like a grassroots movement. And I that sounds a little cheesy, but it really was just telling everybody we knew about it. And we all had small networks, but we all had our small individual networks. So Jared had been in the podcast space a little longer than I had been. So he had his own people connected with. Uh, and then Gary Leland has been, he's one of the original podcasters. He's one of the godfathers of podcasting, so to speak. So he knew all the, what you would call the more old school podcasters and the people that, you know, went way back to the original days of podcasting. So, you know, between ourselves and what Jared and I maybe would be that next wave of podcasters and Gary, who went so far back, we really were just amongst our own friends and, and you know, online family able to spread the word to a couple different groups of people and then you know we didn't do any kind of paid facebook marketing or any kind of paid advertising it really was 100 percent just spreading the word through our own networks and uh, and that was the biggest aha moment at the setup 
you know, as well as while the actual while the actual campaign was going on was just we just need to keep spreading the word, asking friends to spread the word, asking family members to spread the word. And it was just that slow build. And I guess the only thing that uh, it wasn't necessarily an aha moment, but it really was, you know, a kind of a shocking thing that we didn't expect was when the Kickstarter campaign hit its goal in under 24 hours. So I guess the aha moment in that sense was, hey, this event might be a lot bigger than we expected. Because what we expected was an event that I, I think probably would have 200 or so people max at it. You know, maybe 300 if we were lucky. And I had reserved a room or placed a soft hold on a room at a, conv- at a, a conference center in a very small suburb of Dallas called Addison. And the Addison City Civic Center, or whatever the name of it was at the time, is where we expected to do the first year of podcast movement. It was small room, but it was going to be a lot of fun. And that's really what we were looking to do. So we set a campaign goal of $10,000 at that Kickstarter campaign. And we figured uh, if we could get $10,000, we could make this thing happen. That was going to be what it cost to do all the production and rent the space and everything else. And we even debated internally, hey, is 2000 too much to ask? Like, if we could just get 5000 would we be willing to do it with for that? So the fact that within 24 hours of this 30-day campaign, we had already reached our goal was pretty amazing. And then we uh, raised another $20,000 throughout the remainder of the campaign and broke $30,000. And, you know, that was a, a lot of money for us to get started with. And it helped. And, you know, knock on wood, we've never had to personally fund the company at all. It's since that point in time been self-sustaining and, and we're super super privileged for that early runway, so to speak, from the community to really get this thing started. We'll get the 2017 version of Podcast Movement started on August 23rd with more sessions, keynotes, Q&As, and fun networking events than ever before. The conference for podcasters by podcasters is coming to Anaheim, California at the end of the summer, and you should too. So back to Shannon. This session is about brutally honest storytelling. So what happened when Shannon started being brutally honest? After I told that story, which was a story that I hadn't even told some people in my family. I'm like, I ain't telling nobody. Well, after it happened, I'm like, brush that up under a rug. We don't ever talk about that no more. It was past and gone. I felt the release to start sharing that story. When I shared it, started touring the country with the moth and snap judgment, started actually making actual spendable money through storytelling. <laughs> I started, it, it, was, it was something for TV. Somebody asked me for a script with it. It was so many opportunities that came from sharing my honesty. But one of the biggest things that happened was people started to give honesty back to me. It was a reciprocation. Um, so it's a, it, I started hearing stories from others. Like I'm sharing that story and I get off stage and somebody else will share a story about their addiction, whether gambling or otherwise, or their, their son or daughters or fathers or mothers. And, and I would get emails and people would share their honest stories with me. And I started to notice that, you know, honesty, it demands a reciprocation of honesty. So what ways are you authentically connecting with your listeners? 
And what ways are they reciprocating that? I'm curious about it. This is a podcaster's convention, and it's a lot of podcasters in the room. So I want you to look. I'm participatory. I like people to talk too. So I want you to look around, find somebody you don't know, or if you know them, if somebody's too far away, tell that person, like, in what ways are your listeners connecting with you authentically? Think about that for a second. I'll play some, I'll play some Tribe Called Quest while you discuss that among one another for, for just a minute or so. Just in what ways are your listeners, maybe, maybe they gave you a quilt. Maybe, they, they, you, maybe you took a visit somewhere. Talk about that for a second, because I think that's important to share. Some Tribe Called Quest. So while past Shannon gets some audience interaction going on, I thought it would be a good time to remind you that podcast movement is not just for beginners. It's not just for pros. It's not just for people who are looking to monetize or for those looking to tell more brutally honest and more consistently interesting stories. Podcast movement is for all of those folks and reasons. It's also better this year than ever before with five different tracks for skill levels and interests and six different types of sessions. So visit podcastmovement.com right now and see where you'll fit in at this year's event. All right, let's check back in with Shannon. All right, did we, did we get some good stories going? I wrap it, wrap it, wrap it up. We, we still can talk afterwards. That's what we do this for, to connect with people. We, we, we putting out these podcasts to connect in some way with people. So were there any, like, anybody here, any story, I'm sure a lot of people heard, but anybody here any, like, real worthwhile, maybe even strange, <laughs> or whatever kind of story? Anybody hear some good stories on what somebody reciprocated or, or a, a connection you made with a listener that they gave back to you? Any, any stories? Let's get one. Yeah, go ahead. She said that uh, Maurice does a podcast about, about design, black designers. What, what's the name of it again? Revision Path. Revision Path. So look up Revision Path, black designers, and he does conversations. He worked with a lot of great companies, too, that he, he's done that with. And he said they did a meetup. They found out he was coming to Chicago. Everybody did a meetup so he could meet with about six or so of his listeners. I think that's amazing. That's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing connection that you have with your listeners. So give it up for him. As podcasters, our listeners can be our biggest fans and support system. But without the approval and acceptance of your spouse or partner, or family, it can be a lot tougher to keep that creative ball rolling. My wife always believed in my ideas and vision, but not always, to be honest. But uh, this is what happened. We were um, in our first or second year together, and times were tight. I admit it, and I had lost my job. I started creating stuff, and um, I'm educated. I can work corporate. I can get management jobs somewhere. Uh, but I remember I was walking around Chicago with my wife and I told her I don't want to go get a management job or a corporate job. And I told her I'm going to do something with this storytelling thing. I remember it clearly. We were walking down the street. It was a nice day. And I told her it's going to be tight. I know it is. And I understand if you don't really want to go through that kind of lifestyle, 
at this point in your life is going to include a lot of challenges. And you listen to my podcast, Homemade Stories, if you want to hear some of the challenges. But I thought if I stuck to one thing, if I stick to this one thing, eventually something good will happen. And I'm still waiting for that something good to happen. (laughs) I'm still waiting, but I have faith. I have faith. One of the reasons Shannon has that faith is because he podcasts with a purpose. Purpose. (sighs) You can have all kind of purposes. This is okay. You know, your your purpose for your show can be, I want to make a lot of money. I want people to think I'm smart and intelligent and have patches on my suit and I'm, 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 I wear glasses and pipes, that kind of stuff. Your, your purpose can become like a, a, a podcasting celebrity. We see some of those celebrities even at this conference, but I don't know if that was their purpose. Um, that can be your purpose, but your purpose doesn't have to be that douchey. You you can have a bigger purpose for your show and for your life and and for everything. I like to think about purpose consistently whenever I'm doing something, especially episodes. Bill, that's why it takes me so long to get episodes out sometimes, because I'm like, what's the purpose of this thing? I, I always ask myself, what's the point? And sometimes that point don't have to be some huge, big thing, but many times it's like a small thing, but sometimes it's good to touch on some bigger issues. I did a show that consistently gets referenced. Just recently, a lot of people have been in my feed just referencing an old episode that I did probably two years ago, just re-putting it up and, 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 and using quotes from it. And If your episodes have a point and have a purpose, you'll find that they'll last longer than that that, that one week that it was out or that one month or that one day. Stories that outlast the news cycle. That's what we're all after, right? Something to make our mark. Here's a buddy of mine working on the very same thing. I'm Alexander Charles Adams, and I'm the creator and host of Smash Cut. What we do is, I don't even know what we do. God. Alexander is about to graduate from LSU in Baton Rouge. He's a dramaturg and a theater student and a very talented storyteller in his own right. As the creator of Smash Cut, he's found that it is actually hard to put a fine point on exactly what genre his podcast falls into. So talking a little bit about what sound art means to me and my team, using the phrase sound art instead of audio drama gives us a bit of flexibility because we work a lot with verbatim material with people who aren't actors or aren't theater people at all. And we like to play with ideas that require using the reality that we all actually do live in. And that kind of pulls us away from audio drama just a bit. And we also have created um, soundscapes before that didn't really have plots per se, but definitely allowed um, a listener to fill in a story if they connected with something that they were hearing. We require a little larger of an umbrella to stand under in order to to have an identifier. And so that's why we uh, gravitate towards calling ourselves a sound art podcast. With a background in live theater, the lure of YouTube and indie filmmaking, why does podcasting appeal to Alexander and his team? 
We as a team prefer it because we have a kind of personal political affinity with how podcasting functions. Because there are no gatekeepers, it is a very democratic space. Yes, money is involved and it is definitely easier to create pieces with financial funding or sponsors or ads. If you get enough people together that really want to create something, you can. And it can be on the same platform, uh, in the same space as someone who is receiving sponsorship or funding. And that's something you don't find in print journalism, in television, in cinema, and even in live theater now, depending on what kind of theater you're doing. So because of that that democratic nature, we, we connect to it in how we create our pieces. I'm with Alexander. There's nothing like the audio medium and the podcast delivery method specifically to foster an unbelievably fertile ground for stories. Someone else that agrees with that is Shannon Kaysen. It's audio. You can put on a little for the camera. You act cooler, sexier, try to be whatever you're trying to be. You look at yourself in the mirror. I've done things on camera and they actually put makeup under my eyes and cake all this makeup on me for the camera. And I agree, video is easy to watch as a part of the audience. Like as an audio audience member, I like watching video because it's easy. But audio is just as easy. It's even easier in some ways because you can do other stuff while you're listening. And people use their imagination with my voice. And they don't know what I look like till they see me. And some people don't expect what they see. You know, I have a, I have a face for video too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... But I wake up and I can record. I'm waking up right now and recording this. Uh, uh, I think you put on a lot more fronts with video. Like if I knew I had to do this on video, I get dressed, I'll brush my teeth, I'll do certain things. Audio, I really don't care. You just get me and that's it. I get to create my own structure as a person who does creative things um, for my life livelihood uh, I, it's tough with deadlines though and I have to um, I do have to hire people to give me some deadlines or I have to have hard deadlines for myself it, it's, it's tough though because I can I'm not really accountable to anybody else but my audience so the audience sometimes is the deadline or the, the boss you know in a sense so um, the best part is that I can schedule my day any way I want, but that's also the worst part because at the end of the day, I wanna move closer to completion on some project. And I feel like I could be more military about my approach with it. I feel like I could accomplish a week in a morning if I wanted to, but sometimes I just enjoy working leisurely throughout the week, you know, to get, to get half of the stuff accomplished. But I should, do that one day, like become real military and accomplish a year and a month or something like that and see what that feels like. Uh, but it's my decision, which makes it really cool. Shannon said earlier in this episode that honesty breeds reciprocity. You never know who might open up or what you might learn once you really start sharing yourself. So if you can't deal with, uh, I mean, I think it's important to deal with important issues when they happen. 
is no matter what our shows are about. If we are a part of our shows, when we have certain feelings or certain things that's going on in our lives, I believe it's okay to include that within the show. And the audience really connects with it. I'm going to speed it up because I want to get through some more things. Permission. I, I, I ask forgiveness all the time instead of permission. So I'll, I'll like record my family and get their brutally honest story. And sometimes they, they'll know and sometimes they won't. I went to my, my father's. Uh, he has this, this uh, it's a man space. He an older dude. He got his man space. And I went to his man space and I got us some, some Hennessy and I poured us some Hennessy and some, some homemade stories mugs and, and we clinked them. And, and, I, and I, I recorded my dad just getting his stories. Now I always was afraid of my dad. I never really asked him many questions and all that kind of stuff because I, I just had a fear of asking. But I broke past that fear, started asking questions, and I got some things that I wouldn't even know about my dad. And we have a very similar voice, but I'm going to skip that clip. I'm going to play this one because I didn't know this about my dad, but don't judge my dad. He grew up in a different era, and this is him. So I bought a 57 deuce in a quarter, and I kept that a little while. Then things were still rolling pretty good. I went and bought me a 1969 deuce in a quarter, convertible, brand new. When I got my hair slick, my hair was so slick, a fly light on it, fall off and break his neck. I was <laughs> imp dipped the women's pimp in a po-ho's dream, wearing silk suits and, you know, at that time I was working, but I had two, three little mud kickers on the sides, you know, that's what they call back then, mud kickers, you know. I didn't ask for them, they, they chose me. Back then, you know, women's come up to you and give you your money and choose you, you my man, you know, I'm your, you know. And uh, that was just the thing, you know, selling dope, he was pimping then. So I had about two, three. You find out some amazing things <laughs> when you start getting honest with people. People start giving you honesty back and you'll find out some amazing things, especially if you mix it with Hennessy. So listen, I'll say this. I can promise lots of brutally honest storytelling, lots of personal reflection and interaction, but you'll probably have to bring the Hennessy yourself at Podcast Movement 2017. I'm sure the lobby bar at the Anaheim Marriott will be well-stocked. That's where Podcast Movement 2017 is going to be anchored. Make sure you've booked your room as they're sure to fill up fast, and you'll want to be as close to the action as possible as 2,000 or so of the world's best podcasters descend on Anaheim this August. Listen, I've told you how I've met some of my best friends at Podcast Movement over the past few years. I built a business based on the lessons I learned and relationships I've built there. But why don't I just let Shannon Kaysen tell you why you should attend? Podcast Movement, I, I get to meet so many people at Podcast Movement. People love podcasts. I mean, they really love podcasts. And as a podcaster myself, I love it when I introduce people to homemade stories for the first time. It's like they may not get it on the first listen. This guy just talking about himself the whole time. But but if they keep listening and at the right time and if it's in the right mood, I got them. And that podcast movement, I'm able to introduce myself to people who do the same thing I do. They love podcasting and I love podcasting. I love the idea that these people are in closets and back rooms 
uh, with mics most of the time. And now they on stage and now they, you know, talking to people and getting to know different people. So that's always funny to me when I'm, I'm always laughing to myself at Podcast Movement. So I implore you, be honest, be yourself. If Don't be a, a, a shell with no soul of a podcaster. Add some of yourself to the podcast. Don't just be the facade. Be, be yourself. So if you got anything from it, give that a try. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, when I started to do it, opportunities opened up more than I could have even imagined. So thank you so much. Appreciate you. Love you. In 2017, Podcast Movement is hitting the road as we make our way to the West Coast. Spend some of your summer with us at the beautiful Anaheim Marriott in Anaheim, California. Join us August 23rd through the 25th as Podcast Movement does it better than ever. We'll once again have amazing featured speakers and all of your best podcaster friends from all around the world. All that's missing is you. Register today and we'll see you in California. So what are you waiting for? Visit podcastmovement.com Get registered today for the podcast conference for podcasters by podcasters and come share your brutally honest stories with us. My special thanks this episode to Alexander Adams, Dan Franks, and Shannon Kaysen. Don't forget to subscribe to the show in iTunes. And if you're enjoying the podcast movement sessions, give us a great rating and review to help others find the show. We'll be back in two weeks with more speaker announcements, more great stories, and more of the podcast movement sessions. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>